0: Hi, welcome to the Dropout Teachers podcast and I'm your host, CJ Abraham. This is I Am Booked Season 1, Episode 3. In this podcast, I'll be talking about what are the different elements in a book. So, here we go. Let's answer the first question. What are the different elements in a book or what are the literary elements? Well, Let's take a minute and imagine a house. Stick with me. Here, what are some of the things that um, you would absolutely have to include in order to make a house? Some of those non-negotiable elements are um, a roof, um, walls, a kitchen, and a bathroom probably. If you didn't have these elements, you wouldn't have a building. So you might not even have a building. So pretty similarly, the elements in a book are, um, we call it the literary elements are the things that all literature, whether it's a news article, um, a book or a poem, absolutely have to have. Just like a house, the elements um, might be arranged slightly differently, but at the end of the day, they are usually all present and accounted for. Literary elements are the fundamental building blocks of writing, and they play an important role in helping us write, um, read, and understanding literature. You might even say that literary elements are the DNA of literature. So. Now let's take a more in depth look at the most common elements in literature for each term in the literary elements list which I'm going to share it with you along with um, literary elements definition not quite the proper hard definition but I'll try to put it like real smooth and subtle way and an example of how the elements work. Number one language. unquestionably. The most important um, literary element is language. Language is defined as a system of communicating ideas and um, feelings through signs, um, sounds, gestures or marks. Language is a way we share ideas with one another, whether it's um, through speech, text or even performance. Obviously, um, in order to read a book, you need to understand the language. It's written in. because language can also be an important tool in understanding the meaning of book. Number two, the plot. The plot is the chain of events, like the progression of events taking place between um, the beginning to the end of the story or from the first line in a book to the last. To put it in a simpler way, plot is what happens in a story. But I would like to give you even a bit more here. Here are six elements that makes a perfect plot. People, you might be thinking. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a lot of content. I thought this would be very important to you as this is something like um, like a story skeleton. Ooh, creepy, eh? Okay, let's dive in so what's the first one it's the beginning this is the very beginning of a story during the exposition the beginning is also called the exposition this is where the authors usually introduce the major characters and settings to us next conflict oh Just like in real life the conflict of a story is the problem that the main characters have to tackle There are two types of conflict that you will see in any plot the major conflict which is the um, overarching problem that characters face the other one is the minor conflicts on the other hands are um, smaller obstacles characters have to overcome to resolve the major conflict And it's not a compulsion that every story you pick has to have two plots in it as that depends on the author length of the story. And so next, rising action. Well, rising action is uh, literally everything that happens in a story that leads up to the climax of the plot. Usually this involves the lead character facing and conquering minor conflicts, which is what keeps the plot moving forward. More importantly, writers use a rising action to build the tension that comes to a head during the plot's climax. Yes, you guessed it right, the next one is climax. The climax of the plot is the part of the story where the characters finally have to face and solve the major conflict. This is the peak or pinnacle of the plot where all the tension of the rising action finally comes to a head. You can usually identify the climax by figuring out which part of the story is the moment where the protagonist or hero will either succeed or totally fail. Next. Falling action. Falling action is everything that happens after the book's climax, but before the resolution. This is where writers tie up any loose ends and start bringing the book's action to a close. And finally, resolution or a denouement. This is the conclusion of the story, but just because it's called resolution doesn't mean Every single issue is resolved happily or satisfactorily. There is a spoiler alert now. For example, the resolution in Romeo and Juliet involves the death of both main characters. This might not be the kind of ending you want, but it is an ending, which is why it is called the resolution. If you have ever read a Shakespearean play, then you have seen the plot, just we outlined just now. But even more contemporary novels like The Hunger Games also use this structure. As I've told you just before, plot arc is just like a story's skeleton. Alright, let's continue the main list we are discussing. The most common elements in literature. Number 3. Mood. The mood of a piece of literature is um, defined as the emotion or feeling that readers get from reading the words on a page. So, if you ever read something that made you feel tense, scared, or even happy, you have experienced mood firsthand. While a story can have an overarching or underlying mood, it's more likely that the mood changes from scene to scene depending on um, what the writer is trying to convey. For example, the overall mood of the play like Romeo and Juliet might be tragic, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any funny or lighthearted moments in certain scenes. Thinking about mood, when you read literature, is a great way to figure out how an author wants you to feel about certain ideas, messages, and themes. The next one, number four, setting. Have you ever pictured yourself in living in the Gryffindor's dormitories at Hogwarts? Or maybe you have wished you could attend the Mad Hatter's Tea Party in Wonderland. These are examples of how settings, especially vivid ones, can capture your imaginations and help a literary world come to life. Setting is defined simply as the time and location in which the story takes place. The setting is also the background against which the action happens. For example, again in Harry Potter series, Hogwarts becomes the location um, or setting where Harry, um, Hermione, and uh, Ron have their their adventures. At the same time in mind, that longer works uh, often have multiple settings. Again, the Harry Potter series. For example, there has tons of memorable locations like Hogsmeade, Diagon Alley, and Gringotts. Each of these settings play an important role in bringing the wizarding world to life. Number five, theme. All literary works have themes or central messages that authors are trying to convey. Sometimes, theme is described as the main idea of a work. But more accurately, themes are any ideas that appear repeatedly throughout a text. That means that most works have multiple themes. When looking for a theme, ask yourself what an author is trying to teach you or show you through their writing. Number six, point of view. Point of view is um, the position of the narrator in relationship to the plot of a piece in the part of literature. In other words, point of view um, is a perspective perspective from which the story is told, like the first person, second person, third person limited and third person omniscient. Point of view, um, according to me, is an important literary element for two reasons. Number one, it helps us better understand the characters in the story. For example, a first person point of view lets you get to know the main character in detail since um, they experience the main character's thoughts, feelings, and actions. And secondly, point of view establishes a narrator or a character whose job is to tell a story. So, number seven, narrator. Just like uh, I just mentioned, the narrator is the person who's telling you the story. All literature has a narrator, even if the narrator isn 't named or an active part of the plot. the narrator helps make sense of the plot for the reader it 's their job to explain it's their job to describe i mean and um like what even more dramatically reveal plot points number eight characters a piece of literature um has to have at least one character, which can be a person, an object, or an animal. While there are many different character types, we're going to talk about the two you absolutely need to know, the protagonist and the antagonist. The protagonist of a work is its main character. The plot circles around this person or object and they are central to solving the major conflict of the story. Protagonists are often heroic, but they don't have to be. Many stories focus on struggles of average people too. For the most part, protagonists are the characters that you remember long after the book is over, like Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, Don Viticolian from uh, the most famous, the most famous, The Godfather, Sherlock Holmes, he doesn't need an introduction, and Harry Potter. Next, the antagonists. And these characters, on the other hand, they are who that oppose the protagonist in some way. They oppose them. This opposition is what causes the conflict in the story. There can be multiple antagonists in a story, though usually there's one major character um, animal or object that continues to impede the protagonist's progress if you ever forget what an antagonist is just think of your favorite Disney villains they are some of the best bad guys out there and and it would be a real disrespect if we are talking about villains and we don't name the Joker from the Batman series and Thanos so As we have come to an end of this episode, let me remind you all these segments are some kind of yardsticks to measure a book, but not quite necessarily a must should list to read a book. I have started reading books when I was like a lot younger, and I haven't known about all these settings for a long period of time, and yet I enjoyed reading anyway. As I always say, do not let anything hinder you from picking a book and read it. All these can be helpful when you read, but not. it's not a qualification you ought to have before you start reading a book. So do not let anything stop you from reading a book. So... In the next part of this podcast, I am booked season one, episode four. It will be all about how to understand a book, how to understand what you're reading. And I can share a few tips which you can follow by which the reading will be a less of a tedious task. And as a bonus, I'm going to suggest a few books, a few book recommendations to help you pick some amazing works by some amazing authors. Join me on my next podcast episode. Until then, this is your Dropout Teacher Podcast and I'm your host, CJ Abraham. Listen to all my podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Subscribe, follow, and do write read it down for me. Also, to visit my website, joabraham.me for more details. Or if you have any particular requests, you can contact me in the contact us section. Follow me on my Instagram page at the Dropout Teacher. Even drop me a DM. Until next week, see you soon, Amigos. Ciao.